On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Ross Cooper, welcome to Diddy TV. Thank you all for having us. This is What awesome. a rockin' set. It was Thank really you. fun. Appreciate it. Love your music. Thank you. Um, you're from Lubbock, Texas. I am. Tell me about Lubbock. What was it like growing up in Lubbock, Texas? The best way that I know how to describe Lubbock, and uh, I've heard it been described as an island surrounded by dirt, you know, that it's just kind of out there in the middle of West Texas where it meets the panhandle, and um, there's not really a ton to do. Um, so inherently there's a really rich music culture because there's, you know, either out of boredom or necessity or whatever, there's been a lot of uh, great songwriters that um, have come out of Lubbock. So I'm really, really proud to be from Lubbock and to have grown up and spent most of my life in Lubbock. Um, yeah, Lubbock, Texas is great. It's not a... Uh, it, it, Where is it exactly? Is it on the well, far western side of Texas? Yeah, it's, it, so it's kind of the start of the... It's, it's really hard to um, describe to people where it's at. They're like, oh, it's close to Fort Worth. It's like four and a half, five hours west of Fort Worth. And Texas is a big state. Yeah, it's a big state. So four and a half, five hours uh, west of Fort Worth, and then two hours or 90 minutes, really, an hour and a half uh, south of Amarillo. Um, so it's literally, if you could draw kind of a line from west Texas and then the panhandle of Texas, um, Lubbock is, is right there. There's, so some other, there's some other um, artists that came from Lubbock, right? Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about them earlier. So, obviously, Buddy Holly, uh, Joe Ely, um, Terry Allen, um, Pat Green. It's um, a lot for a yeah, small, Davis. A yeah, small the, city. The Mains Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, you know, a lot of people, um, one of my favorite songwriters is Joe Ely, and, you know, like he toured with the Clash in the '80s, you know, and Bobby Keys, who played with the Stones, played, you know, played with Joe Ely as well. So, what is it about Joe Ely's music that really draws you to him? Lyrics, music, both, both. Mm-hmm. I mean, that first record that he put out, a lot of, you know, around Lubbock Cats had played on it, and um, it's it's just it's it's such a it's a rock and roll record, but there's really great country songs. For me, it's always the song comes first. You know, I, I think that's a pretty common answer. But it's the truth, though. Um, you know, it really starts with the song, and he's a great songwriter. And there's a so. great tradition of Texas songwriters in general yeah. all over Texas. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's an incredible yeah. state for music. It is. It is. You know, it's it, it, it kind of, um, you can play a show in Texas, you can play a show that you've, that you've never played you can play a market you've never been to and people come out just out of either curiosity or that's what they do you know on the weekends they go see live music or or everybody has their their spot in their bar and um it's a great place to for music to thrive you know because there's always i feel like an audience for it do you feel like texas supports live music oh absolutely yeah yeah you know and i know that they're doing some really great things with the texas music office like uh they're really trying to I guess, you know, build it and keep it strong and, and then kind of keep that culture what it is. And, you know, it's a, it's a special place for sure. Now, your so. album is called I Rode the Wild Horses. That's correct. And, and, and you actually did ride the wild yeah, horses. Yeah. I and rode that's ba- the, where the name of the album comes from? or Correct. Yeah, I rode bareback horses. I um, pro-rodeoed and college-rodeoed and high school-rodeoed, junior-rodeoed, you know. Um, I rodeoed basically up until 2012. Um, 
and a couple things had happened. I graduated school and um, I kind of had a bum knee and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, you know, with my life, quote unquote, unquote. and I was playing a lot of music at the same time. So I made kind of the decision to to move to Nashville. But uh, what was your event in the rodeo? I rode bareback horses. So bucking horses. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. uh, It takes a toll on your body. I would think it would. Sometimes I wake up. I think music's going to be a better long term. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm probably a glutton for punishment at this point, you know, because the music industry isn't easy anyway, or either, you know. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, you can get, uh, it's like physical on the rodeo end and mental on the music end. It's just a, yeah, glutton for punishment sometimes. So some of the songs on the album, tell me what what those are about. So I wanted kind of the record to tell a story. And I Rode the Wild Horses is kind of a nod to a lot of those guys um, that I looked up to, you know, my dad being one of them. Um, Growing up, you know, we looked up to like rodeo guys. That was your was, dad in the rodeo? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. So my dad rode Saddle Bronc, and my mom uh, was a barrel racer and was Miss Rodeo Texas uh, in the 70s, and that's how my parents had met. And so we grew up with it, you know. And like, Did you live on a ranch? So uh, my dad ran cows up until I was like probably nine or 10. Then we moved um, south of Lubbock, Texas. And uh, so I was a little bit closer to town then. But I grew up in a really tiny town called Rawls, Texas, um, for the first eight or nine years of my life. So after I wrote, I wrote the wild horses, it was kind of, again, a nod, you know, to those types of guys. And I knew it was going to be the title track from, you know, as soon as I wrote it. Um, then, you know, there's a couple of love songs and kind of the, the out of love songs I, I kind of gravitate more towards the, the sadder side of, of songs. I think for easier, more emotional, yeah, more <laughs> yeah. emotion. Um, but there's some, you know, rock and roll songs. So kind of my whole elevator spiel has always been, you know, I'm a rodeo kid that grew up on indie music. And so I'd, I listened to everything when I was growing up. And I'd listen to a like lot of... Like who? Like, so I'd listen... The first record that I really, like, sunk my teeth in, like, big time, um, that I fell in love with was uh, Ryan Adams. And I realized... One of my favorites. That, yeah. So Heartbreaker. Um, my brother introduced me to that record. And I realized that there was probably a different side of country music and because I consider that record a, a country yeah. music you know um and I'm sure that there's gonna be a lot of people that are like no <laughs> but I, to me it was it kind of opened up a world of it didn't all have to be one way as far as you could sound you could have songs that kind of sounded country but weren't really what we think of when we think of like your stereotypical country songs so that kind of opened up you know floodgates um, and then got into John Prine and Towns Van Zandt, you know, and Guy Clark, who's one of my favorites of all time. Um, but then, like, on the rock and roll side, one of my favorite bands of all time is The Strokes. Uh, and I love I loved The White Stripes. Like, I, I wanted – I didn't want to – I wanted to go be as honest as I could in the studio, and it'd be okay to have a country song and then a rock and roll song, you know, kind of right next to each other. So that's kind of, you know – And growing as an artist – you don't always have to do the same thing every yeah. album. When I listen to albums, and uh, when I listen to albums, sometimes if, if it sounds, if I'm listening to the same song over and over, you know, twelve mm-hmm. songs of the same, it's going to get boring for me. Um, so I really appreciate albums that that kind of pique at interest, you know, kind of like perk your ears up, and there's something different going on. And I also really love Tom Waits, you know. So each 
my of favorite re- one of my favorite records is Mule Variations. Mm-hmm. So you listen to that album, and the songs are so good. And I feel like a lot of that production is built around those songs and help support the songs and help them be the best they can be. And you know, not I was going to say palatable, but not everybody loves Tom Waits, so either. So do you feel like you roll a lot of these artists into your music, sort of strokes versus I just, Tom Waits versus I just pl- Ryan I just want to ride them and play and see how it comes out. And I like, li- I like to live with them. There's been a couple of times where I thought a song was c- going to be kind of a slow snoozer or whatever, and then ends up being this rock and roll song. Um, there's a song on the record called Heart Attacks that – that's kind of like that. I thought it was going to be kind of a slower kind of, again, Tom Waitsian type of thing. Um, but it ended up being kind of one of the rockers on the album. So I'm not really trying to, to sound like, you know, this, this or record that. Or, that, mm-hmm. or that record. Um, I just like to, you know, I write the songs and if it's a rock and roll song, it's a rock and roll song. And if it's a country song, it's a country song. And luckily, the way things are now, you know, it's there's so much music out there that, you know, it provides like it provides a home for people that have kind of different sounding albums. You know, well, that's that's like, what we like, think like, American like roots yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We think there's so much music out there, and it varies from here to there. But we cast a wide net because artists, are artists, and they're gonna um, they're gonna vary from artist to artist. But even within the um, your catalog of your own music, it's gonna vary, right? Correct. You don't, you're yeah. not going to write the same album each time, hopefully. No. Yeah, I'm, I want to grow as much as I can. And I, there's a lot of different ways, you know, to go about that and what defines that. But on the writing end, I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I want to write stronger songs on the next record, you know, than that are on this one. Um, so as long as as long as it's getting better, you know, I, that's that's the goal, really, is for the next record to be better than the last record. Do you write them acoustically and then arrange for the band, or, or is everyone sort of involved in the process? No, um, so I write, like my last record, I think it had 12 songs, and I wrote 11 of them just by myself. There's one co-write on that record. And then this album, there's like seven co-writes, or eight co-writes. There's, there's a lot of co-writes, but uh, I have kind of a pocket of guys in Nashville that I write with um, quite often. And you've and moved to Nashville now. so I've been there six d- years, okay. almost six years, like six, year, six years in a week, I think. Now, I, I saw the, like the time, the hop thing on the, on the computer. You can say you're from Nashville now. <laughs> yeah, I can say I'm from Nashville. But there's, you know, there's so many people that have been there six days. They're like, I'm from Nashville. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. But I will always be from Lubbock, Texas. Right. You know, I live in Nashville, but I'm from Lubbock, Texas. This is how. What's the difference? So everything. everything. The, the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the longest I've ever lived in a city. You know, it's. Uh, is your heart more in the. I have. In the country? I need space. Yeah. I do. I am lucky enough to have really great neighbors. And it, I just. I want. I have to be out. I was raised out in the country. I have to have wide open spaces. I feel so claustrophobic when I'm on a street, you know, with uh, just with a dog barking on either side. I don't care if it's my dog barking. I just don't want to hear the neighbor's dog all the time. You want to walk out and see miles and miles of space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, a, it's just, it's, yeah, different, different, different things. It's like my dad always said, that's why they built Fords and Chevys, you know. Um, There's people that love the city. And I could appreciate it, but I'm not. One, I I love being out to where I can see the stars. And my nearest neighbor, I, I, you know, can't see him. 
So air smells better. Air Everything's smells better. better. Yeah. So that's kind of the that's the goal is to get well, out. What has Nashville done for you musically? Oh, um, everything though too. So um, the the resources that Nashville has is um, kind of incomparable. You know, anything that whether it be a business meeting or a, um, network, any kind of connection on the business side or the musical side, I think that um, Nashville kind of fosters that culture more than any other town does. You know, you and some can, good songwriters there, too, yeah, to absolutely. collaborate with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was funny. When I first moved to Nashville, I kind of moved there on a whim and didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And I'd seen the tip of the iceberg, basically, of, you know, what, you know, the pop country side of things. And it's, it's not, that's not really not for me. And uh, then I had some friends that already lived in Nashville for a while, and they're like, trust me, this place is great. There's a lot of phenomenal records coming out of this town. And a lot of these guys that have written on these big songs are phenomenal songwriters. You know, they can just write a great song, you know. And it took, it took a year or two to figure that out and realize really kind of what's going on in Nashville. And um, as far as talent goes, I still believe the best of the best are there. And um, Well, there's so much going on there that it really supports all the time. Yeah. musicians. Yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful every day that I get to be there. So as much as I'd like to complain about the traffic and about how everything's expensive now, uh, I love Nashville. And there's really good food there, too. There is. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you get back to Texas? Your parents still live there? Yes. Yeah, my mom and dad still live south of Lubbock, Texas. And then my brother lives um, uh, kind of outside of college. I was about to say specifically where he lived, but I realized you probably had no, had no <laughs> idea. But uh, both of uh, my parents are in Texas, and then my, my brother and, and his family are in Texas as you well. You think you'll have a ranch one day? I'd love horses? to. The, the goal that I've told everybody is, well, it used to be that you don't have, you know, I don't have to be rich. I want like 10 to 15 acres outside of town with a round pin and a couple of horses. And you'll never see me again because I'll spend all my time out there. And a barn full of guitars. Yeah, well, house full of guitars. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now, you know, if I want to stay around Nashville, I think you're going to have to be rich to get 10 or 15 acres yeah, outside of town. Yeah, I would town. say so. So, but that is the goal to get back out in the in the country, but to work to, you know, I mean, I guess I could move out there anytime that I wanted to, but I want to be able to work to a point to where sure. I can hopefully one day afford exactly what I want. And what's know. next musically for you? Writing new songs and getting always album? writing, yeah. always writing. So I have the bulk of what I think the next record will be, and I, I'm sure you know in a couple of months I won't. Every song that I have for the next record probably will never get tracked, you know. Um, so when that process starts, I kind of get, I put the blinders on and I'm writing every day and just really trying to hammer it out. Um, but even, I'm, I'm still writing quite a bit. For the rest of this year, we're pretty busy. Um, touring. Yeah, and we're pretty busy t touring until. Do you write when you're on the road or? I, so I have my, on my phone, my mm -hmm. voice memo, or not my voice memo, it's my, uh, just notes. I write everything down honestly uh little snippets of songs and ideas so i i kind of write that way and then when i get a little time to myself i'll sit down with the guitar and kind of start making stuff up and then when we're back in nashville i'll sit down and start kind of bringing fleshing out those ideas so the rest of the year we're on the road and then um next year 2019 we'll be on the road for the probably until spring 
and then it's hopefully it's time to get back in the studio. So what's so. the best thing about being on the road? food. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a lie because we always eat at truck stops. You know, we never eat anything good. Uh, you meet some interesting people. You meet a lot of interesting yeah. people. That's but, but seeing a lot of places, you know, I've spent a lot of my life traveling. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of places that I feel like I've already seen or whatever. But going to new places is um, is pretty amazing, you know. And there's also, you know, there's a reason why a million books and songs are written about, you know, that freedom of being out on the mm -hmm. road and mm -hmm. just it's almost like that anything can ha can happen type of you know thing. It's the I I love the long drives and I like you know pulling into the weird hotels and I like it all. You know, but seeing the new places is I never thought that I would see both coasts. You know, and music's allowed me to do that. So that's the coolest thing. Provides a lot of material. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think. It gives you the opportunity to sit back and take everything else in. Yeah. We appreciate you stopping by the studio today, Ross. Thank you so today, much for Ross, having me. This is great. Thank please you. come back again when you put out your new album. I would love to. It's a deal. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.